Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show that shares honest, real-life stories and insider info from internationals living in Canada. I am your host, Kate Johnson, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Join me as I chat with fellow newcomers and learn all about where they are from in the world, why they chose Canada as their new home, and the lessons they've learnt along the way. It's great to have you. Legally immigrating to a new country doesn't always go to plan. In this episode, Atur shares her story of finally living her Canadian dream when she came to study in Toronto, only to face immigration challenges and be forced to return to Turkey. But I thought, okay, this is the end. Um, I don't think I should push more and I'll just go back and uh, let's see how I feel. And um, I would say it was the hardest like flight you know, that I've ever taken in my Aww. life. Um, so I constantly cried for like 10 hours. Oh, no. <laughs> that was really bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it didn't mean that I didn't want to go back home and see my family and my friends, but it was a, a lot of immigrants like probably agree that it takes a lot of time and effort to build a life here. And then it's like, okay, you have to go back. You have no choice. So you have to surrender. Itu's determination to research Canadian immigration pathways and keep nurturing her network from abroad is an inspiring reminder to never give up on your goals. We chat about life in Istanbul, how she found a job in Canada whilst overseas, and she gives us the lowdown on the Toronto dating and live music scenes. Let's start the show. Hello, Atur. How are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you doing? I am so, so good. So, so good. How have you been enjoying this hot weather? Oh, it's, it's been scorching. so good. It's, it's reached my <laughs> summer standards, finally. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I always forget how hot it gets every single summer. This is my fifth summer and I'm still sunburned. <laughs> yeah. I never learn. I think the winter just goes on for so long and then it's still so crazy to me that I can be ice fishing one month wearing 50,000 <laughs> layers and then a couple months later be in a bikini on a boat in scorching temperatures. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, totally. It's uh, The weather is like sort of a learning curve here. First, like you need to learn like how to put your layers on and then how to take them off. <laughs> yes, <laughs> in all days. seasons in one day. Oh, yeah. Canada. <laughs> yeah. So you live in Toronto, right? Yes, I live in Toronto. Lovely. Have you found some fun things to do in the heat in the city? Um, I think I would say mostly park hangouts with people with, because of, you know, COVID. Um, so right. you just have to like do like distance um, hangouts. But other than before COVID, for sure, it was it's very fun. Um, so there is a lot of things to do in this city. And I really miss actually music scene and, you know, festivals and yeah, food festivals and everything. Yeah. I know. Yeah, that's Toronto is so good for all of the street festivals and yeah, live music. I miss that so much. But um, I feel like the tiki taxis are running now. I, I saw that. So <laughs> have you tried that? Yeah, that's so much fun. You know, the little taxi to the island and it's like, a, yep. you know, yes. it's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we will enjoy the summer. It's pretty short here, but we still have like good 12 weeks, I would say. So yeah, not too bad. Making yeah. the most of it because the winter yeah. sets you up for it. You appreciate it that much more. And then, yeah, it's taken me. I'm sat here sunburnt so <laughs> I've got to <laughs> learn that 
Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to meet you and hear your story. Um, it's a little different to others we've heard as you first came to Canada in 2012, so quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. But then you had to unfortunately leave in 2015. Yeah. But then you were able to come back in 2019. So yeah, looking forward to that, hearing how you overcame those struggles and yeah. you just kept fighting for that dream to yes. live here long term, <laughs> right? So. Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> it took me a while, but I finally made it um Yay. amazing yeah hopefully like that will get first of all thank you so much for you know having me here it's incredible i really like the platform and it's pretty useful for like new immigrants and also like you know anyone who is immigrant in canada the content itself is like pretty amazing thank you thank you very much yes yeah so let's learn about where you are originally from so you were born in istanbul the largest city in turkey what is it like there tell us everything so it's an interesting story so i was born in istanbul i was raised in a different city (laughs) because my mom is (laughs) just decided to deliver me there so um, but I was always like back and forth because my other family members and relatives, uh, they were in Istanbul. And um, I, I moved to Istanbul when I was 17 for good oh, okay. um, for the university. Um, so I would say it's, it feels like home there. Yeah, the good thing is about in Istanbul, I think you can just like go anywhere and find something to, you know, have fun. So yeah. there's always something is going on in the city. It's always live. Like it's it's live at 5 a.m. in the morning. It's live oh, like you know like 10 a.m. in the morning. It's uh, you just need to choose where you need to go. So that's um, one of yeah. my favorite cities in the world. It's absolutely beautiful. It's stunning, stunning architecture. You know, palaces and mosques and um, there's loads of boat cruises too, right? Yes. I saw that that was pretty much the number one thing to do. There's like <laughs> so many different boat cruises and sailing that you can do. It's fantastic. Oh yeah, for sure. There are like Prince Islands in Istanbul that like, you know, in Toronto we have Central Island. So you can just like basically take the ferry or like water taxi and then go to like islands there and have wow. a relaxing day don't feel like you're actually in the city so it's uh, pretty amazing if you need like a little bit like getaway you, we can get away so it's doable <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that there's things going on all the time so is that events and festivals so similar to toronto it is it's similar to toronto for sure um i wouldn't say like not like music festivals but like music is like on the streets like there are a lot of like you know musicians play on the street or I would say um, food festivals or like film festivals actually oh, wow. a thing. Yeah, uh, Istanbul Film Festival is a big thing. Uh, there are like independent film festivals as well. So it's uh, it's a lot. I mean, if you go to, you know, touristic places, like, you know, it's, it's probably like very touristic and very historical, but like... There is a, a hipster lifestyle in Istanbul uh, that people don't know, like tourists, they don't know. Um, so if you are a local, so you know where to go and see, you know, um, actually listen to good music and go to museums or like independent exhibitions. So um, there's so much to discover, actually. And it's it's in that scene, I would say it's similar to Toronto. Um, and it's pretty diverse. Like it's not like here for sure, but like pretty diverse because there are a lot of people. They're like they're migrating to Istanbul. There is a huge expat community, you know. So it's uh, it's interesting. <laughs> mm, 
Well, share the knowledge. So if we're there as a as a tourist or we're visiting, what where do you go to find out where these events are taking place and what to do on what weekend? Yeah, it's uh, it's most of the time I would say um, there isn't like only one downtown in Istanbul. It's interesting. So Taksim Square uh, used to be a huge like hub for the entertainment district but not anymore. So right now in the Asian side, uh, we call it the Kadıköy. That side is like the whole neighborhood is right now the new like hype, like, you know, um, there's like concerts there, like film festivals or like outdoor festivals there. So I would say that part of the city is like more popular right now than Taksim Square. Um, and you know, if you like, there isn't like any, I would say any local, you know, news, it's just all about like word of mouth and like social media. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, just ask a local, you know, what's happening this weekend. I think, you know, there's a really high English language skill there, right? Most people speak English. Is that correct? Yeah, that's, that's correct. Most people in Istanbul, they would speak English. I mean, at least like you can, uh, they can understand you, they can mm-hmm. communicate. So don't like, uh, you lower your expectations, but <laughs> I would say <laughs> they can speak English. I feel like their English would be a lot better than my Turkish. Turkish. <laughs> Turkish, yeah. Turkish. Probably. Probably, yeah. But they will start like teaching you Turkish. So that's their also like, right. their favorite thing to do. Like, you know, whenever they, they meet a tourist, they try to you know speak English and then they try to you know, teach you like something um, so you end up learning words that. like I have a few friends you know came and visit uh, the city and they ended up like learning a few things like they picked it up so because um, like people are friendly I mean you can just go and ask anything to anyone there pretty much so yeah that's amazing well you mentioned obviously the Asian side so yeah I was gonna say I find it so interesting the thing I find so interesting about Turkey is that it is a transcontinental country so it's located in between Asia and Europe kind of bridging between the two so yeah the vast majority of the country is it lies in Asia right there's only about three percent that that's in Europe but yeah I'm just wondering is there is there a difference that can be experienced when traveling between the two um I would say there like the European side is more crowded uh, for Istanbul I would say Mm -hmm. not the other you know um cities but uh, specifically Istanbul is very unique because like a part of it is located in Asia and the part of it is located in Europe and there's only way that you can actually pass is like there there are three bridges uh-huh. Or you can take the you know ferry and you can cross the sea. Wow! Um, so you can just cross the Bosphorus and um, you can end up in Europe. Um, it's funny, like I used to travel back and forth Asia and Europe every day wow. when I was working there. And I guess there's no border, right? You don't yeah, need a passport. No, you just go nothing. straight through. That's so cool. <laughs> it's, um, so yeah, I used to live in Asian side and I used to work in European side. Uh, I would say. European side is like lots of companies, businesses that are located there. And, you know, some of the, you know, the old Istanbul, Sultan Ahmed Mosque and touristical like places, historical places, there are also like based in European side. So the Asian side, I would say, just accept this, um, you know, Kadıköy, that neighborhood. It's more like people to live, like people just live in the Asian side and travel to European side to go to work. And, um, you know, most of the historical places are also, you know, based in uh, European side. So that's the difference. There is definitely a, a wide difference, I would say. Asian side, maybe I would a little bit like slower than European. Um, life is like faster in the European side because of the businesses and everything and then tourists everywhere. everywhere. 
Um, but yeah, Asian side is like, there's like calm neighborhoods that one of them, like I used to live in. So, uh, right. I was going to say that. So you said you grew up in Gemlik. Is that yeah. the Asian side? It is Asian side. Ah. Yes. So you obviously went to Istanbul to get the crowds and the life and the events. Yeah. So I'm guessing you're where you actually grew up. Gemlik is, uh, outside of the city. You said what, three hours or yeah. so away. Yeah. Um, is that a lot slower pace then? You've got your coastal life. Oh uh, tell yeah. Tell us about that. Definitely. It's a small town life. I would say it's very slow um it's a neighborhood you know life i would when i was a kid i used to just go out and you know ride my bicycle you know like meet with my friends play with my friends so that was the life so in istanbul is quite challenging right now especially right now for kids to you know go out and socialize you know it's so crowded it's quite dangerous right now but in my childhood luckily like i was able to actually you know enjoy those days like in a smaller town just it was uh, close to seaside so i was able to like see you know the sea from our apartment so that was like wow you know refreshing like very chill like town life actually Wow, amazing. And then, yeah, you hit 17 and you were like, to the big, bad city. Yes. <laughs> yes. I moved to the big city. I moved to my grandma's, actually, apartment. So I lived with my grandma for seven years. And, um, yeah, I, I, did, uh, I, did, I went to the university there. And um, afterwards, I found a job there. And then in between that, I was just looking to, you know... Um, for my dream, actually, moving moving somewhere abroad and, you know, study. So did you always know that you wanted to leave Turkey eventually and, and explore elsewhere? Or was it yes. kind of just a, okay? <laughs> yes. Like, um, I always wanted to do my master's degree abroad. I mean, I ended up doing a postgrad certificate one year instead of a master's degree. So I always wanted to, like, just discover a new country and, you know, live in a different culture and speak in a different language. So mm-hmm. I was always curious, even like when I was a kid, I remember like I was wondering like how it would look like if you live abroad. I was so curious, like asking questions to my mom. And I decided to actually do my master's degree in university. And that was a long journey because <laughs> it requires a lot of effort and a lot of taking like the English tests and a lot of applications. <laughs> right. And, and you've decided to potentially go to England but then mm-hmm. Canada ultimately won so yeah um you originally moved to Toronto then to do your postgrad certificate so what did you study I did uh, interactive media management um, oh, okay yeah so it covers like you know basically you just become a producer um or project manager I would say in interactive space you can just do in software development or like any other interactive industry yeah Wow, and that was at Centennial College yes. in Toronto. So, yes. what was your what were your first impressions of Toronto? So, you moved there to to do that post grad, and did you adapt to the move quickly, or or do you think there was a, a bit of adjustment period? That was a little bit like easier for me because I actually rented a basement apartment of a Turkish family, so that was oh, like kind of helping me. Nice out. transition, yeah, nice transition, and also uh, there was another Turkish girl staying at their one of their rooms that time, so she actually took me and then showed me the whole city for two days and that was kind of helping even though like you know the rest of the days you know I was lonely but um the first impression I would say I wasn't expecting to have a really hot summer (laughs) so I was really (laughs) surprised and I remember like posting on very first my Instagram post and my friends asked me 
is it summer there? I'm like, because their expectation is like, it's all winter, snow all the time. Yeah. I'm like, no, like there are like four seasons here too. So what I would find is like here is very relaxing. People are chill and the life is slower. So you don't need to rush. Yeah. Yeah. Even in a big city like Toronto, that's so true. It's It does feel like you can go down the busiest street and there's still not that many people. It's quite it's quite nice in that When way, I, I compare to Istanbul, I would say, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Interrupting this episode very briefly to let you guys know about Canada's luckiest newcomer, because who doesn't love an awesome giveaway? We are doing a little promotion swap, so they're going to help me uh, to spread word about this podcast, and I'm sharing the details of this giveaway with you guys. It's really a no-brainer, so one lucky newcomer to Canada will win $20,000 from CIBC, 50,000 air miles, free groceries for a year, and more prizes are going to be announced very soon as well. So it's completely free to enter, so why not? I couldn't have entered any quicker myself. Um, Just promise me that if you do win, you'll remember who told you about it, okay? (laughs) So just Google Canada's Luckiest Newcomer, and it'll come straight up for you, and good luck! Now back to the show. So you mentioned that you were lonely sometimes. Um, yeah, like living in a city can can almost make you feel even lonelier, right? You know, being surrounded by so many people. But yeah, what did you do to 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 get over that or to improve that? How did you try and meet new people and and adapt? Yeah, so I actually started like one of my friends recommended me, and then I started going to couch surfing events. So couchsurfing was a huge thing that back in that time, um, people were like, who are who were keen to travel, uh, used to uh, use that couchsurfing. And mm-hmm. um, even though like for networking, so basically they had events and you just, just go and make friends there. So that really like helped me out. Like I met a lot of friends here, a lot of French people. <laughs> so I have a lot of French friends. <laughs> uh-huh. And I also have like a little bit French that so I wanted to practice, but never happened. Um, so that really helped me. And, um, I would say just, you know, through friends and then I made friends through couchsurfing and through them, through those people, I met new people and just expanded my network. And also it was like so easy to, you know, sometimes like meet people at the events, like concerts, Mm -hmm. like exhibitions anywhere. So I would say it wasn't like really challenging for me. Um, but I was also maybe lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's just having the guts to just talk to people and start conversations, you know, like everyone, you know, wants to meet new people really. So you just got to put yourself out there. Yeah. Couch surfing. That's so interesting. So is that just, is that just Airbnb, but you're sleeping in, in different people's houses? Yeah. It's like, basically it's just like Airbnb, but you don't pay and you just like stay Um, on their couch. So it's, uh, you know, two ways, like, like kind of like agreement. Um, so it's for travelers. It used to be a huge thing back in those days. I don't think anymore, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone's a little bit scared, I feel like, of that now. I don't know, it's it's a shame. I know Ed Sheeran did that um, <laughs> because when I was at university, he, he wasn't famous and he was playing at my university and he actually asked the crowd. He was like, I'm on couch surfers if anyone wants to like put up this musician. <laughs> so that's so funny to think that someone put up Ed Sheeran, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. Wow. That's yes. so funny. <laughs> that's really funny, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that was, yeah, everyone was kind of feeling safe about it. So mm. um, I thought about it that time too, like, oh my God, this is the, this might be something dangerous because I mean, 
because if when you're from Istanbul, it's <laughs> you know you're used to the danger, and then you know you need to like you know be careful uh, in a very big like cosmopolitan city. But yeah, everything was like pretty seemed pretty safe here. Mm. Yeah, and I guess you would meet them first, you know, do something outside in the city with them first, or would you just turn up at the house? Oh, the house surfing was just like actually doing the arrangement like virtually, like uh, through uh. the platform, and then the person shows up at your place. <laughs> nice, I know, very wow. spontaneous. <laughs> it's fun though. I love meeting new people. I love that tip that I hear all the time when if you're struggling to meet new people is to become a regular somewhere. So just choose one coffee shop and just kind of keep keep turning up there and you'll become known by the staff and you'll soon see, you know, other regulars and be able to strike up conversations with them. So, yeah, that's a good lonely in the city yes, tip definitely, as well. Definitely. Definitely. That's <laughs> like a strategy. <laughs> Amazing. So, so yeah, you completed your postgrad certificate, but then your work permit unfortunately expired in 2015 yes. and you had to return to Turkey. Yes. So run us through that experience. I assume you had put so much work into friendships in Canada and building a life and um, were you able to maintain all that from afar? I'm guessing you were really disappointed <laughs> having to leave. Yeah, I was really disappointed. So I mean... Um... It was a emotional roller coaster. Um, first of all, it took me a long time to find a job in my field. Because of that, I mean, I definitely lost some time, and um, I had to like change two jobs. So when it was close to the end, um, a lot of people told me that I should maybe like apply for language school, just get you know a visa to stay here. But I thought, okay, this is the end. Um, I don't mm. think I should push more. And I'll just go back and uh, let's see how I feel. And um, I would say it was the hardest like flight, you know, that I've ever taken in my Aww. life. Um, so I constantly cried for like 10 hours. Oh, no. <laughs> that was really bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My Turkish Airlines, they were like kind of shocked. Like, why she is crying? It's been nine hours. <laughs> um, I mean, it didn't mean that I didn't want to go back home and see my family and my friends. But it was a, a lot of immigrants like probably agree that it takes a lot of time and effort to build a life here and then it's like okay you have to go back you have no choice so you have to surrender mm -hmm. um luckily uh, before i went back to turkey i found a job in a global firm so that really helped me at least like you know um having a job and having a regular schedule and the first thing that i've I heard this in Turkey over and over that also broke my heart was like, why did you come back here? Um, that was the first That's not helpful. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't want to be back here. And uh, the, the second thing, the second comment they made, like a lot of people, that's also like heartbreaking. If I were you, I wouldn't have, you know, came back here. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yeah, but I tried, you know, it didn't work out. Like, it's not and just why me. is that? Why? Why did they say that? Do um, you think? I think everyone thinks that once you're abroad, um, you know, a lot of people, they're trying to like move from Turkey, first of all, um, financial reasons and, you know, political reasons. It, it's been quite different. Like it's getting conservative and a lot of people like they're not happy right now, the current situation. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of people, they try to actually move abroad. Um, so they think, oh, once you're out there, you can just stay there. You can do anything. Right. But that's not the reality. Like there is like, you know, work permit issues and Turkey is not part of EU and you need to, you can't extend your work permit 
Um, so you get it once and that's it. And someone needs to sponsor you. So it's the sponsoring is a whole different process. Like it's pretty hard to do it. Um, so I was back and um, the first year, uh, to be honest, I didn't like even like think about it to go back. Because I was like, okay, I'm here. I need to like settle in here and then we'll see. Right. Just kind of had to accept it. Yeah. So I did some traveling. Uh, I went to, you know, Europe. I did some traveling in France. So just wanted to, you know, enjoy uh, being close to Europe. And um, in 2016, um, so one of my friends got married. And um, I was invited for the wedding. And I came to Toronto for 10 days. Um, so kind of reconnected, Just reignited with my... that love. Yes. We were like, oh, I tried to forget you. <laughs> yes, like ten days. It was, um, you know, despite of jet lag, um, I saw all of my friends. I attended the, you know, wedding. So that was uh, quite beautiful. And I, and then in 2017, another friend of mine got married. So, <laughs> and I was invited. And I said, okay, let's go this year too. So I, I came here in 2017. And during that time, uh, the old immigration legis- legislation, like everything has changed. And all of my friends asked me, why don't you just come back? Like, why don't you just give it a try? Maybe you will do it. And um, it was 2017, September. And I said, okay, let's see. That means I need to take another English test again, IELTS, which I took like maybe like nine times in my entire life. Like I'm so (laughs) bad. I'm really bad. (laughs) I'm so bad like at exams. Um, Anyways, I said, okay, I'll just, you know, collect my employment letters and then I'll take the test and then see if it works. And um, I applied in, in January 2018 and I got the invitation in 10 days. Oh, wow. For permanent residency? Yes. Yes. Amazing. So for, yeah, PR, um, so first you get the invitation to apply and I was able to, you know, get into the pool and I got my um, invitation and I put my application together in two months, which was also stressful because like you have to translate everything from Turkish to English and it's a long process. And after like um, nine months later, um, end of 2018, yeah, Canadian government said, come back. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. And yeah, did you think that it was kind of like, it was meant to be to go back to to Turkey and have that time to kind of reset. And then you had some more experience under your belt. And um, I don't know, more maturity. I don't know. Do you think that it kind of that that helped a lot? Or or do you think you could have just kept at it, you know, in 2015, and, and you could have achieved the same thing? Um, I would say I am actually glad to be back, like I was back. Um, I had a, I had a opportunity to actually spend time with my family and my grandma. They're all still there, right? Like all your family? Um, yeah, my family there, my, my grandma passed away. So I, I'm, I'm happy that oh, I had I'm a, sorry. thank you. Like I had a, you know, time to, you know, spend quality time with her. So that's like, I think I'm grateful. And yeah, I learned a lot, like, because I mean, in, in four years, I, I figured it out, like, do I really want to go back? Do I really want to, you know, live there? So this is like where I was born and uh, what I was raised. And do you want to live? Do I want to live here or not? So mm-hmm. that time, like, that was like a little bit like, for sure, I would say painful for everyone. Like, no one wants to, you know, moves like back and forth and puts your whole like life into luggage. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, uh, you know, what I did like twice, like three times in my life. So um, definitely, that's painful. But that gave me perspective and time and also 
kind of opportunity to, you know, like spend my late 20s there and, you know, be with my friends and families. Um, so I had better tools in my toolbox because I had my yes. all my friends and also um, more experience in my industry work. And I also found a job before I landed here. So mm, I was going to ask that. Yeah. So that obviously helps your application. How did you do that? Give us some tips on <laughs> how to find a job from abroad. That is <laughs> hats off to you. That's awesome. I, I would say um, lots of networking. So before uh, the first time that I moved here between 2012 and 2015, when I was looking for a job, I met lots of people like enormous, a lot of people. Mm. And I kept those contacts. And whenever I came here in 2016 and 2017, I had like coffee, you know, meetings with people just like to catch right. up. Nurture those relationships. Yes. Yeah, you did a great job. <laughs> I was going to say you're being invited to weddings years after you've left the country. <laughs> so you're obviously, uh, yeah, keeping those connections strong. Yeah, so I guess some people love me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that really helped me. And um, the little like difference. So in... 2018 December when I got my um, PR uh, they invited me they said like you have to get into country in three months mm -hmm. and um, I was like okay how am I gonna like move there in three months so I did my landing in February and uh, I thought okay I'm just gonna do my landing and I will go back to Turkey and I will like get ready for this and I will apply for one-time entry visa which you can do legally so I'll, I'll like okay I'm just gonna do this and um, so in February um, I came here and I reconnected everyone that I knew in the industry so like 10 days it was like purely networking so anyone in this country I would say um, definitely apply like every single job and follow up and try to like meet people and get more feedback because I mean the feedback that I got It's like definitely was so useful. Every time I meet someone in the industry, you know, um, they're bringing you a different perspective. And um, I think that's really valuable uh, while you're on a, you know, job hunting. Mm. And are you in media now? Did you use your postgrad? What are you doing at the moment? Um, so I am doing project management right now. So I'm a project manager in a small um, digital agency, but we do a lot of like software development websites. Um, so nice. it's it's been fun. It's been fun, and yeah, um, I'm doing what I've studied actually. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And so, how do you know? You know, you you're obviously so knowledgeable about the immigration system too, which can be <laughs> so confusing and so overwhelming for yeah. a lot of people. Um, so, do you have any tips on you know you're abroad? So, how do I even know you know what I can apply for, or sure. you know, there's these loopholes or these one-time entry things, <laughs> and how how do you find out about that stuff? Um, first of all, before Express Center, there was another system uh, which was harder for people to apply for it. But mm -hmm. with the Express Entry, it's easier if, if you have like international work experience. Mm -hmm. So you can always apply as a, um, uh, I would say, I guess like foreign worker. Uh, I'm not sure how it's called right now. But um, yeah. so there is a category. Um, so you don't have to apply through Canadian experience. So if you don't have Canadian experience, Your international work experience also counts, which I actually applied under that because I didn't have one year full-time Canadian experience. I had 10 months. So I oh, missed that opportunity so with like two months. So if you are, if you don't have Canadian experience, that, that might be a little bit like harder, but with your work experience, with your English score 
And also, um, I would say with your master's degree, if you have a master's degree back home, like anywhere, so that counts. Yeah. And there are like different job, you know, codes, uh, work codes. Um, so you just need to you know, go through the immigration site and see like which category you can be in. You can see be you can be like okay this is not my um, job title like you know this is like a different like job title because like the job titles are like from like 1930s or something so they're not like very updated so you can say wow like this is not the job title that I have and I can't change it in my employment letter but the trick I would say the using the keywords in your job employment letter in the description mm. field. So that's important. The right keywords, the right job description, even though it's not the right job title. Uh, mm. So you can always, um, you know, include an explanation letter as well, like attached to it. Like here is the, you know, job um, title that I have. It is like equal to this job description. And the reason that because, you know, that was the company's policy, anything, you know, like you can, can just like explain it. So what I did is actually that because I had like pretty much different like job titles, but it was really all them related to marketing. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, cause yeah, I, I always think the great advice that I got from our immigration episode from series one was that. You, I never thought of it that way, that it is a real human being at the end of the day that's reading your application. You always think that you're submitting this application to some robot somewhere and it's going to get failed. It's a real human. So like you said, that's a really great, great tip to to include these explanation letters and keywords and things like that, because... Yeah, at the end of the day, it's a real person, and they're going to read the letter, and they're going to they're going to see that it's it's corresponding to that. Um, and yeah, going back to the the international experience, yeah, you can get your international credential evaluated, um, and then it, it's just provided it, it provides the equivalent of of whatever it would be in Canada, and you get the the points that correspond to that. So um, yeah, that's really great. It's to to give a bit of peace of mind that yeah, if you don't necessarily have Canadian experience or you don't have Canadian schooling, there are ways around it. So definitely. So how do you feel about living here now? Um, I feel like my homesickness will will always come and go. You know, you've been here a few years as well, but I think the difference is that you know I know I'm living here in the right place and I've made a good decision even with that homesickness. So um, do you feel like you're in a good place here now? Um, I think I'm in a good place. Uh, for sure, the whole pandemic made it like harder, I would say, because mm-hmm. um, I mean, I kind of not lost, but like I'm not like that in touch with my support system here because right. everything is like that I have. It was like the, you know, I, I had a music blog before, like it's the music scene, my, my friends, my hobbies. So right now it's uh, it feels quite different. And I would say maybe life a little bit like more fun in 20s. <laughs> so in your 30s, <laughs> I would say is priorities change. Um, but I feel like I'm settled here. Um, what I live in the neighborhood in Toronto, like I like where I live. Um, so I really belong to the community. So um, I think it's uh, it's a different feeling than in my than my first time. But um, it's pretty, you know, um, amazing that be able to like, you know, come back here, settle in and get a job in my field and also maintain those like friendships and also trying to make new ones for sure. Yeah, constantly growing. And I guess you're just like maturing into 
a new Canadian life too, right? Because it's like the young city life and then it's like trying to figure out now, it's like, okay, now I'm kind of in my 30s in the city, so what does that look like? Mm-hmm. It's exciting. It is exciting, yeah. yeah. Are you with anybody right now? Are you Have you experienced the Toronto dating scene? How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard um, some crazy stories about it, that's why um, I asked. I can definitely make a new episode for this. <laughs> dating in Toronto, it's, uh, it's different. It's really different than Turkey, so... Uh, first of all, people, you know, date like multiple people at the same time. And I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> I don't know. I can't oh navigate. I can't gosh. date like three people at the same time. Um, That's way too much work. I couldn't keep up with that. It is. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's it's harder to meet people. Like in my 20s, it was like easier. Um, and the, the people that I dated, it was like I met them organically, like somehow But right now, I would say in 30s, like it's more like everyone is relied on dating apps. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're kind of like losing that, you know, excitement sometimes. Um, So, yeah. It gets so repetitive. You have to have the same conversations on the apps all the time. Hey, what do you do? Hey, what do you do? Yeah. And like as a Turkish person, as a Turkish woman, it's like all the time, like your name, where's your background? When did you come here? So I I get it. Like the people are curious and I I appreciate that, but it's my thousand time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um, I would say it's getting a little bit like um, difficult with the, you know, dating apps and stuff, but you know, Toronto is a big city. You can always like meet people people organically. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't know what else we can talk about. You've obviously, you've got such, <laughs> you, you've got it all down. You know, I love your spirit of just, you know, never giving up on that, that dream and coming back to Canada because it was right for you. Yeah. Um, do you see yourself here, you know, forever? What, what do you think? And that's a big question. I guess we'll see um, what happens. But I would say, yeah, I want to stay here uh, probably for a long time, but I can't really trust myself. Like I tend to <laughs> pack my luggage and then go somewhere. So <laughs> Get um, itchy feet. <laughs> yes. You know, before moving to Canada, I was even like considering to moving to New Zealand because I'm like, oh, it's great there. <laughs> Maybe I should move there kind of thing. So I'm not sure. Um, probably like a few more years that I will um, stay and I'm planning to maybe like like go to Turkey, like come back and go there like in my late like 80s or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Retire there yeah, by the yeah. beach. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> I want to do that thing. But um, for now, yeah, Canada is home. Yeah, finally, because I made so much effort. I think I should just stay and enjoy it. Exactly. Will you go for citizenship then? Is that the next step? Yes, that's the next step yeah, next year. Me too. I'm doing it too. We'll have to do our test together. Study. Yes. <laughs> it should be fine. After like taking nine times IELTS, I think right. I'm okay. Yeah. Well, you have to learn all the provinces and politics and all of that stuff, right? For the citizenship test. So yes. um, every time I, I bring it up with Canadians, they're like, I wouldn't even be able to pass that. Like they're always, <laughs> like, they laugh at that. They're like, all my Canadian friends would be like, yeah, I wouldn't even pass that. And I'm Canadian. So yeah, that's a great opportunity. I'm looking forward to that. amazing well thank you so so much for your time it's been so wonderful um if anyone wants to reach out to you uh where can they find you um yeah you can find me on instagram so it is i-t-i-r-d um so my name and my my last name's (laughs) first letter or um you know you can just um i guess email me 
yeah <laughs> fantastic i'll put everything in the show notes as well that you want to share so thank you so so much thank you so much that was really fun thank you enjoy your summer <laughs> <laughs> you too <laughs> Thank you so, so much for listening. As always, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And then if you're loving the show so far, recommend us to your friends. Spread word and help us grow this exciting community. Until next week. Bye.